This is a shear on the Kutasichas Chelek Tazayin Parshas Pora. The Sicha starts like this, says in Yerushalmi, that really, Bedinhu, really, it should be that the Parsha of Achoydesh, which we read, Achoydesh as Elochem Reish Chadoshim, speaks about Reish Chodesh Nisan, should really be read before the Parsha about the Paraduma. Why? Because chronologically, in the terms of the dates of the month, on the first of Nisan, the, Mik, the base of Mikdash was put, Mishkan was put up, Vahibaya Mashmini, right? Refers to Reshchedesh Nisan, that's when the Mishkan was erected. And on the second day of Nisan, that's when the Paraduma was made. So why are we reading what happened on the second day of Nisan before what happened on, before reading about the reference to Reshchedesh Nisan? The reason that we read Parshas Para first is because this is Taharoson Shal Kol Yisrael. This is the purity of all the Jewish people. In other words, first we read the Parsha Bapara Duma, which takes a person to a state of purity from being Tomei Meis, being impure, from having come into contact in some way with a dead body. And this is an instruction to the Bnei Yisrael to become purified, in order that they can make what needs, what is the topic of Parshas HaChodesh, that's about the carbon Pesach. So they should purify themselves in order to bring the carbon Pesach with, in a state of purity of Tara. And then, so first you get purified, and then we read Parshas HaChodesh, which is the Parsha that talks about Pesach. So that is why, rather than going according to the calendar set of events, First speak about Rishchidosh Nisan, then speak about Beis Nisan. Rishchidosh Nisan is where we talk about Pesach, Beis Nisan, where we talk about the Paraduma. We first talk about the practical order of what needs to be done. First, get yourself holy. Then let's talk about the Korban Pesach. The Loshan of Yerushalmi that says it's the Tahara shall call Yisrael of all the Jewish people. It's clear and evident that the purification of Paraduma is relevant to all Yidin. And that's what we understand also from the content of what's being discussed there. That the reason, what are we saying? The reason that we say that for the entire Klal Yisrael, we have the Kriya Satera of Parshas Poro before Parshas HaChedesh, even though in terms of calendar dates, what we're discussing on Parshas HaChedesh is first of Nisan, and what we discuss in Parshas Poro is second of Nisan. But the reason we made this a communal order of reading the Torah is because... The para is the purification of all Yidin. So we have to understand. Um, we need a bir noisef, additional explanation, and hamtoka soinyan, to sweeten and make more palatable and understandable this concept. The fact that we need to talk about purification before bringing the Korban Pesach, it only really relates to a certain select segment of the Jewish people, those who are impure from contact with a dead person. And not, it's not like the Yerushalmi says, we have to speak about Taharos and shall call Yisrael about the purification of all the Jewish people. No. On the contrary, if the majority of Yidin are Tomei Meis, are impure to a dead person, you don't need the Parabadum actually. There's a law that if the majority of the community is not pure, you bring the Korban Pesach, also in a state of impurity. So why do all Yidin have to read Parshas Par before Achidosh if the one, if the fact that we need to talk about purification before Paraduma really only applies to a select segment? 
Now, whatever it says in the Ha'ara, you may say, well, we base this question on what the Yerushalmi says. Really, we should have read this the reverse order, but we're going to read Parshas Par first because this talks about the Tar of Kol Yisrael, all the Jewish people. And the Rebbe asked, no, it's a certain segment. So you will, so the Rebbe says, there is a Girsa in the Yerushalmi, uh, the way it's brought down in, uh, in Rif and Rashi, and also in the, uh, the Korban Ha'eda and the Pnei Moshe, uh, the, 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 the primary commentaries on the Rishami, when they write this, they don't write Kol Yisrael, the Tara of all the Jewish people. They say the Tara of Yisrael. And so first of all, the Rebbe says, in the prints of the Rishami that we have, it does say Kol Yisrael. But the main thing is, don't try and answer this question based on a language, whether it says Kol or not Kol. The Teichen, the question we're asking, is in the content. According to all opinions, we read Parshas Parah before Achaydash. So whether... The Yerushalmi says, because first we have to talk about the purification of all Yidin, or, 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 or it says purification of, of Yidin, that's, it's still, we read Parshat Zappara before Parshat Zachish, which tells us that there's a certain precedence for the entire community to reading the, the Parsha about being pure over the Parsha of bringing the carbon Pesach. So it obviously has to be relevant to everyone, but how is it relevant to everybody? Even if the Lushan here, where it says, call you so not call you so, that's not the, the, the only basis of this question. The whole content requires. And therefore, if, if the content is that the entire Jewish people is reading Pada, before Achedish was the next paragraph, the Rebbe says, we must say at least, in brackets, in the in, inner meaning here, that the fact that Pada, speaking about the red cow, is the Tara of all Yidin, it means not just the purification literally from a literal impurity to a dead body. It means even the Tahara, it's, this is a purification that all Yidin need to have access to. However, in whatever situation they may be, in order to come to the renewal, the Parsha Zachaydash, the Parsha of the new month, and talk about Pesach, we need to go through the process of the concept of Parsha's Parah, which is we need to become purified. So conceptually, in Pneumius, doesn't have to mean that there's actually Tumas Meis, because that would only be a certain segment. But this replies to the entire Jewish community. There's something about Pada Aduma that speaks to everybody and is a preparation, a requisite preparation to being able to move on to Achidesh, who speaks about the Korban Pesach. Base. So we'll understand this by first understanding that we find the Chidosh in the mitzvah of Pada Aduma. What's the mitzvah of the Chiddush we find in the mitzvah of Paraduma? The Rambam says in Sefer Mitzvahs that the mitzvah of Paraduma is to make the Paraduma in order that it's Ash Ephra Muzuman Lamishit Starech Elav Litar Astumas Meis. The ashes should be, of course, what's done with the Pada? It's burnt and then it's mixed with uh, spring water. And from that potion, it's sprinkled on somebody who became impure of Tumas Meis. So the mitzvah is, he says, that it should be there prepared for anybody who requires to be purified. So it's not that the mitzvah is only to use it when needed. It's that it should be there available for whenever it's needed. That's the mitzvah. And the Rambam <coughs> brings the Pasuk to support that. The Pasuk says, make the Pada Aduma, and then it says, this should be for the community of Israel as something that's 
guarded or, or, or on standby, prepared. Yeah. What does it simply mean? It means that the ashes of the Paraduma need to be prepared. Meshumar, they need to be there guarded and prepared and, and, and available for anyone in the Jewish community, for the entire community. Maybe you will need it. Not just, in other words, it's not just being made for those who need it right now. It's there to be, needs to be lemishmeres, needs to be there guarded and available for anybody who will need it when they need it. The Chiddush is even more. In other words, his Rebbe says like this, there's no obligation on somebody who's become impure, a Tomei Mace, Mida from the Torah standpoint, we don't see any obligation that he has to make himself pure. Even when it comes to Yom Tev, when we know that there's an obligation that a person should prepare himself and become ritually pure before Yom Tev, she should be able to go up to the base of Mikdash and bring the Karbonas. So first of all, there's a discussion whether that's a mitzvah de'iraisa, a biblical mitzvah, or it's only a rabbinic mitzvah. And the Rebbe sends here to later, the Rebbe's going to make a note that it's possible that really the discussion is about not making yourself, the Torah says it, about not touching a carcass, not making yourself tomei before the regal. But the question whether there's an obligation to actually make yourself pure before the regal. Even if that is the case, it would only apply to those that need to go up to the Beis Amikdash for the Yom Tif, for the regal. Which, to the exclusion of those, for example, that don't have that obligation, which would be either they don't have any land in Israel. One of the, one of the things that brings the obligation go up to, to the Beis Amikdash for the three main holidays is that your own land in Israel, or that you bechalal your Israel. <coughs> if somebody's not in Israel, if somebody's outside Israel, then he doesn't have the obligation to go up. <coughs> and therefore they don't have the obligation also to bring carbon paste up. Carbon paste can only be brought if you go up. So then he wouldn't have the obligation to bring himself to a state of purity before the regal also. So it would be that there's no real obligation on any Jew to, or certainly not an obligation on all Jews, to make himself Tahir. And even if there is this obligation to make yourself Tahir, to be able to go up to the regal, the question is whether it's biblical or rabbinic. So when the Torah says it should be there as a lemishmedes, what does it mean? It should be prepared for anybody who wants to make himself pure. Yeah? And when the person, there's somebody that wants to make himself pure, he should be available for him to make himself pure. In other words, what the Rebbe is saying is that the mitzvah of Pod Adum is relevant to everybody, according to this, what the Ramam says, because its mitzvah is to be there available for anybody who will want to use it. If it's the mitzvah to sprinkle on those who have an obligation to, be, to be, become Torah, so then the mitzvah is only speaking to a select few. It's not relevant to everybody. If he doesn't have an obligation to go up, if he doesn't need to be... But the, no, this is a, a, a mitzvah that applies to everybody because it's the mitzvah is it should be there available for anybody when he decides that he needs to go up and become tar. Gimel. This Indian will find also in the Lashon of Rapsadya Goin. The abbreviation is Rasag. In the book of Rapsadya Goin, who writes uh, his count of the mitzvahs, he writes the mitzvah of Paradoma is that Pora lemishmeres beteder, or betodir, or betador, I'm not sure how to read that Hebrew word. Um, the Pora is to be always guarded as a constant, should constantly be there available, in other words. Yeah? Now, there's, uh, there, there are Achreinim, this is Rabbi Yeruchim Fischl, Mahari Perlo, his name was Rabbi Yeruchim Fischl Perlo, who uh, 
think he lived maybe 100 or 200 years ago. But he's from Achrein. And he was being medayik from the Lashon of Rapsad Yagoyim. What does it mean that the Pada has to be as a Mishmeres? He took the word Mishmeres and he said, you know, we do have a halacha that part of the, Rashi brings it on the Torah, that part of the Afer, part of the ashes of the Pada was put as a permanent, was, was put, the Mishmeres to be guarded inside the Beis Amikdash. It wasn't used. Uh, it says that was kept as a Mishmeres. Um, so the Rasag, Sadi Gohan says the mitzvah paradome is that that is is the ash that's always available there. But the Mahari Perlo says that that's referring to the ashes that weren't actually used; that were kept there as a as a as a constant. Which would mean, if you expl- if you go according to that Achrein, that would mean that Rab Sadigon is saying that the main mitzvah of Paraduma is in the really unused ash. Because um, that's the one that's kept as a mishmeres, as a, as, 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 a, as a permanent guardian, as a permanent, uh, there's a better word for mishmeres, as permanently guarded in the Beis Amikdash. So, how could that be? No. So, according to those achreinim, again, Marie Perlo says, it is used, because it seems in several places that before Yom Kippur, the Kohen Gadol was sprinkled on from the Paraduma ashes that were kept there as the Mishmeres. Also, before a Kohen Gadol inaugurated and burnt a new Paraduma, he used from those ashes to be sprinkled on him. And therefore, that's the main mitzvah, Paraduma. So it's coming, the Mishmeres one. Because... Yisraelim and even Koyanim, simple Koyanim, there's no, they don't have a personal obligation to become, make themselves Torah. Who has a, a, a strict obligation to become personally Torah? Is the Koyan Gadol. Because there's only one Koyan Gadol. And he needs to do the service on Yom Kippur by himself. So that means he needs to, he's obligated to be in a state of ritual purity, which means he needs to have, just in case something happened, we had the, the, the process of Sprinkle him with the ash of the paraduma, in order he should be able to do the Aveda. So it comes out that the imperative, the obligation of having ashes of paraduma is really for the Kohen Gadol, who has a, an obligation personally, technically another Kohen, if there's other Kohen to do the work, he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to do it himself, and therefore he doesn't need the Afer to become Torah if he wants to become Torah. So according to this, what that Mahari Perlo is saying that that the Psadya Goin, Pshat is that the mitzvah of Pala Adoma is that guarded ash that's used basically once a year. So the Rebbe says, difficult to say that, um, I mean, okay, the words say, that word mishmeres seems to be a code word for the one, the ashes that's put up into the chayl. But it doesn't seem to express the content of the whole mitzvah, because the mitzvah, What's the mitzvah? It's not that it should just be there. Even when you say the mitzvah is the mishmeres, it should be there, it's in order to sprinkle on the Kohen Gadol. Now, we also have a mitzvah. The Kohen Gadol was only once a year. Or, if you ever made another part of Duma, there were only eight. <laughs> there were only eight after Moshe Rabbeinu. For all the years we had, the, the night, the, the, there was Moshe Rabbeinu, then there were eight more, and the tenth one Mashiach will make. So, it was only... 
If you had uh, 800 years of Beis Hamikdash, that means you're talking on average once every 100 years. At maximum, it was you're talking about the Eifer of Paraduma being re- relevant once a year for the Kohen Gadol. But we know that there's a daily mitzvah. The Kohenim have a mitzvah to every day work in the Beis Hamikdash. <coughs> and a, a, an individual Kohen that does this is fulfilling a mitzvah. And we know that the Kohenim took this very seriously. First of all, we say Kohenim zizimim. Kohenim have alacrity. They want to do it. They, they do it with zeal. And we know that they used to run. So much so that uh, they even went to self-sacrifice. We know the stories where, the, where they, uh, there was there was shoving, so to speak, in the base of English because the Kohen personally wanted to be the one to do it. They had races to, to see who gets there first. It got even a little, uh, a little rough. That, that's how much that Mr. Snefesh to want to do the, the Aveda. So, in order to do that, you needed the, 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 the ashes of the Paraduha. So to say that the whole mitzvah of Paraduma is really only about the ashes that are there, the Mishmeres that are there, and it's only used once a year for the Kohen. About that section that's put away and not actively used, but it's only used once a year or every time, and you once every hundred years. So therefore, says the Rebbe, it's misstabbed to say that learning the Rapsad going and catching onto the word where he says Lemishmeres and saying that that means the one that's kept in the base of Amikdash as a, as a, as, as in a guarded state, that's not what the Rapsad going means. The Rebbe says, Pashtus, Rapsad going means exactly what the Rambam says. That the main mitzvah of Pala is it should be Lemishmeres means that the Pala Adomi should be there available. But it's not, the mitzvah is not the sprinkling on the one who's coming. The mitzvah is to prepare a para aduma and have that powerful antidote to tuma, to impurity, available for anybody who wants it. Aye, why does the, the Asag, the Psadigon, uses the word mishmeres? And that's what leads us, that's I guess what led the Marie Perla to say it, that it's referring to the, to the, to the, to the, to the, to the whatchamacallit, that's the mishmeres. So the Rebbe says, don't get caught up by that, um, by that word that Chazal say, the mishmeres, tells us that they need to have part of it kept untouched in the Beis HaMikdash, in the Chayel, in the part of the Azara, part of the uh, chamber of the Beis HaMikdash. Because when he says that Lashon, it's not referring to the Chazal's usage of that Lashon, which would mean in, guarded in the Beis HaMikdash. But he means it in Pshut HaShemirka, the simple reading of the Pasuk is, This ash should be guarded by the Bnei Yisrael to be available. And it means the whole ash, not just that, that part that you've separated and put into the... In, you know, untouched in the base of Mikdash. Especially that when it's needed, when we say that it's that the Rasag means it should be there, when it's needed, that as a Mishmeres, that includes also the Kangadl and everybody else. Um as we see the Rabbi himself, when he brings a raya that the ashes of the Pala Duma need to be available, he brings that same Pasuk. It should be for the Adas Bnei Saul, the Mishmeres should be for the community of Israel as something that's guarded and prepared. And he knew that Chazal say the word Lemishmeres is learned to put part of it in the Beis Amikdash. But he says that there's also a literal meaning of the word Mishmeres, which is it should just be there prepared and ready for whoever needs to use it. And that part is also included in what it says, V'hais Lemishmeres, that it should be just, it should be prepared. So when we talk about what does the word literally mean in Pshutish Amikdash, obviously you want to hear what does Rashi say? So in Horah 26, the Rebbe says, yeah, look, Rashi does in his spiritual Atayah say that there's a Gzeris HaKosov, that the one, that there was ashes put into the Chayel, into the Azara, as the Chayel is the outside perimeter of the Azara. There was a 
few different uh, uh, fences. One of them was called the Chayel. And the fact that it was put into the Chayel and not used, there was a part, in other words, there was an active ashes and there was one that was put aside. Lemishmeres, yes, that is Exeris Akosov. It was used there. Lemishmeres was put there just to be guarded. And from every part of Duma you had, the, the, you kept part of it that was, wasn't actually used. So Rashi seems to say the word mishmeres means that that it's not the one that's not, not the one that's prepared for use, but the one that's prepared for not use, for not regular use. So the Rebbe says no. You could say that he's not. Rashi is not saying that mishmeres doesn't have a simple meaning as well. There's the simple meaning, and then there's what Chazal derived also that part of it is kept in a way that it's untouched. But the simple meaning is like the Rambam learns it. Like Rashi doesn't even have to explain the simple meaning. When you read the pasuk, you understand it should be available for the Bnei Yisrael, for when, when needed. What we have to understand is why Taka is the Indian of, of, the, of the ashes, the Paraduma, so relevant. Why does it need to be there available for everybody? And always, Lemishmeres, Betedr, constantly there available. Why? What's so important about it? So now we're going to explain that every Gashmi is uh, hay. Everything in Gashmi is, has its source from where it's derived and where it trickles down Beluchnis. As we know, it says in R27, maybe that this is the inner meaning of what Chazal tell us. Hashem looked in the Torah and created the world. In other words, we know that the Shalom says the Torah speaks in the higher worlds and hints at things, alludes to things in the lower worlds. So really everything starts from above. If you see something here, even in Torah, the way the Torah expresses in the simple pshat meaning, uh, do this, do that, it's really, it's, it starts by, in, in Hashem's Torah, the way it is, Lamaila, and that's why it, it trickles down and expresses itself in the way we read the Torah down here below. So what does it mean above? What does it mean in Ruchnius? So there's always a parallel in Ruchnius. You know, as Rebbe is saying, we're used to thinking, oh, we can look at the Gashmis and see there must be a parallel in Ruchnius. Rebbe is saying, really, it, it, we don't have access to start from the Ruchnius, but really it starts in the Ruchnius, and that's why it's this way in Gashmis. So what does it mean that, uh, what are the details, every mitzvah has its details in Ruchnius, and that's why it is that way in Gashmis. So what does this mean in Ruchnius? The fact that parad, the mitzvah paradom is in this way, that it needs to be prepared there for one who needs it, this is because that's the nature of the paraduma and its spiritual aveda. It's something that constantly needs to be there, needs to be prepared for everybody in his aveda Hashem. Explanations like this: paraduma means basically teshuva. Well, what does paraduma mean in, in in its in its um, what does paraduma do? Somebody was in contact with a dead body. Uh, just by the way, just to make it a little closer to home, if you're under the same roof with a, uh, a dead body of a Jew, then you also have the tumor. You also have this impurity. So technically, these days when somebody's born in a hospital, if the hospital has a morgue, and there was somebody there overnight. So technically, it's very easy to become Tomei Mace. doesn't just trying to say you don't have to conjure up. Well, I never went near a dead body, so this doesn't apply to me. No, no, no. But still, in the, in, in, um, you know, Technically, it's possible somebody should protect himself from that. Especially in the time, in the time when there was para aduma, you got sprinkled, and then you made sure you weren't even under the same roof of somebody that passed away. Koyanim right. uh, still today make sure that they don't go under the same roof of somebody who passed away. So if somebody passes away uh, in a public place, they send all the koyanim right away out. 
So what does this mean, though, in its spiritual parallel? It means teshuva, coming back to Hashem. Why? Because tumas meis, in spiritual sense, means that you've been separated from life. What, what, what can separate a Jew from Hashem? Hashem's everywhere. So the Navi says, Your sins have separated you from Hashem. Oh, one second. If you're separated from Hashem, then you're not cleaving to life. It says, You who cleave to Hashem, you're alive. Hashem is life. If you cleave to Hashem, you're alive. If you're separated, how can you be separated from Hashem? By sins, then you've detached yourself from life. So now, <laughs> you have contact with with. Opposite of life. How do you become pure? Paraduma. So paraduma means connecting, reconnecting to life. In other words, getting rid of the separation of sin. Right? As it says, why do we bring a paraduma? Paraduma is a red cow to atone for the sin of the calf. Uh, the way Rashi says it, the mother should come and atone for the, for the, for the child. The child is the calf. The mother is the mother pow, the cow. This mother cow becomes a para aduma. So the para aduma, the red cow, is going to bring purity from the tuma of death, which is a result of sin. Really, that all comes from the sin of the calf. Because that's the beginning and the source of all sin after Matan Torah. As the Zaya says, that was in 33, the Zaya says that when, when Matan Torah happened, so the original sin of the Chet Sadas, which injected uh, spirit of impurity that caused death, that was retracted. Hashem gave the Torah, the world went back to a reset, pristine state. What brought death back, what brought impurity back, was the sin of the eagle. So we now, after Matan Torah, the source of all sin is the, is, is the calf. So the mother of that calf, which becomes a paraduma, is the one that's, to, its function is to atone for the separation and the impu- therefore the death, so to speak, that, it's, that the eagle brought. So now we'll understand why we find if Fara is Tshuva from Chet, from separation from Hashem, we'll understand why there's two totally opposite things in Fara On the one hand, all the actions of the Fara were done outside the Beis HaMikdash. Not just outside the Beis HaMikdash, outside Yerushalayim, outside the three camps. In other words, outside the inside of the Beis HaMikdash, the outside of the Beis HaMikdash, and outside Yerushalayim in general. Not like other carbonists that have to be, the more holy a carbon is, the more inside it is. On the other hand, when the process was preparing the paradum is taking place outside Yerushalayim even, it had to be facing Peneyo el the inside, the face of the el which tells us that when he sprinkles the blood and so on, it had to be looking at the, at the Pinim, at the inside. In other words, it has to be from way deep, deep, deep up there in the Shechina, but on the other hand, you're way out, far in the field, outside Yerushalayim even. Because what does Tshuva have to do? Tshuva has to be able to rectify the outside, outside any of the camps of Kedusha. <laughs> because sometimes somebody, it has to have, Tshuva has to be able to, to clean and, and, and purify from even uh, um, intentional sin. Intentional sin is mamish from the three impure clippers. Now it's not like regular carbonus. Regular carbonus, when we bring a, a carbon, it's to atone for things that were done inadvertently. The fact that we could do something even inadvertently means there's some residual negativity within us. Because somebody who's good, purely good, can't even do something inadvertently bad. Right? So, but what is tshuva? Tshuva has to talk about coming back even from intentional bad. Mamish, the three bad clippers. 
And the ability to be able to do that is from a very high place, from Ponip. So you're outside Yerushalayim, but looking into the inside of the Beis Amigdash. Because you have to be from way up Ponip. So it's Chutz and Pnim. The ability to be able to purify the very far outside is because you're talking about a, it emanates from a very high level inside. Da'afka, HaKadosh Baruch who's higher than Torah. So there's the the the, the, the Rishalmi, um, um Yalkut Shemeni and Yishami that say, um, they asked wisdom, what happens if somebody sins? Says, somebody sins, has to die. Asked, um, um, what's the second level? I don't recall. But then they asked Torah. Torah says he should bring, uh, um, bring a carbon and have a kapara. But remember, a carbon only works for shgogas, for inadvertent. And then you asked HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what should a person of sin do? He says, do tshuva. Do tshuva, in other words, when you're going up to the four levels of, um, of, uh, of, 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 uh, of, of Kedusha, only the highest level, which is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, says, do tshuva and everything will be forgiven. The level below that, Torah, says, look, you can, only do, you can only bring a carbon and have your inadvertence sin wiped away. In other words, to really get to teshuva for the furthest outside, you need, you need, um, you need the highest level. You need Hakadosh Baruch himself. So one could think vav. So one could think that this Indian in shuvah, when we're talking about being, a, which is denoted by paraduma. In other words, it's done outside, refers to the worst, even intentional sins, and yet it emanates from the highest of the high, which is why it can atone for the for the outside. So someone would think, who needs that kind of tshuva? Who needs a paraduma, which is like radical? Only somebody who, you know, went off path. But me, he says, not er. So that kind of person needs a, that part of the one. But when a yid, the person could tell himself, when a yid who, who, who uh, goes in the proper way, says, Hashem made the person to go yashot, to go in the right path, and he went in the right path. Like he's like, did David is at tzaddikim. Went in the you know, way of, of the righteous. So what, what does he need the part of the one for? He's never been outside, you know, in the, in the, in the place of intentional sin and so on. So Tak, uh, he also, he understands, he also needs tshuva. Like the, the Rebbe says that tshuva is not just for sin. And even a tzaddik needs tshuva. Tshuva means return. Okay, granted. He said, I understand that that tshuva applies everywhere. That's not tshuva for sin. That's the avoid of tshuva. That's the service of tshuva, the, 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 the mode of tshuva. It's his return, which means the, the spirit should come back to Hashem who gave it. Going back, if, if tshuva has returned, everybody understands. Even tzaddikim need it. You're going closer to Hashem. But that's not the tshuva of paraduma. Paraduma is talking about people that are impure, that are outside the three camps, that they're, you know, I don't, why does a guy who's always been on the right path need paraduma? He's not impure on that level. He's inside. Comes the mitzvah of paraduma and says, hello, you know what the mitzvah of paraduma is? That this ash should be available for anybody who needs it. It always needs to be there available. You may not need it right now, this second, but you always need to have this possibility of tshuva. The tshuva, not just tshuva, yeah, get a little closer. No, the tshuva, radical tshuva, paraduma, to even clean up a situation where you're outside the three camps. Because, <laughs> simply speaking, let's call it the way it is. Perkei tells us, Al don't trust yourself. You never know. You're sure you're never going to need this level of teshuva? Hello, don't be so sure. 
especially we know the Pechlal, even without going too far away, we know there's no tzaddik, that Shleim HaMadach says there's no tzaddik in this earth that does good and never sinned. I mean, everybody has had to, no, okay, even if you don't use the word sin, but you use chet melash chisarin, chet melash chisarin means he's never been spot on. He didn't sin, but he never was, according to the fullest potential he could have been. Right? He didn't do it the way he could have. Or it wasn't wholesome. Mela, he has to do tshuva for the, for, for the lacking in his Aveda. As known, I'm going to go back at the end of the Sikha, just comment on this Kidaboyle and maybe do as much as, as you could have. So never be so sure. It could be even a tzaddik didn't do as much as he could have, and therefore he's off, he's off target. And even if there's no actual sin, just realize, even if he's not off target, look, everybody, everybody's passes away. And we know that what Chazal say, the, the Gemara says that there's a four people that the only reason they passed away is because of the because of the bite of the snake, and it was because of the chetei tzadas that caused death to come to the world, as the Arizal said on the pasuk. Pasuk literally means after the based and killed somebody, you know, capital punishment, hang him on a tree. Um, just uh, you know, only till nightfall they have to take him down, but. The Arizal said, what is the pnimius of this? Tolis said, hang it on the tree means when somebody's a tzaddik who doesn't have any sin. So why does he pass away? So you can hang it, you can, uh, you can hang the reason, you can give the reason because of the sin, because of the tree. The reason somebody who's perfect passes away is because there was a sin of the eight tzaddas and that meant that because other Mauritian ingested from the eight tzaddas, man cannot live forever. There's no other reason. So this in itself, that is part of, that the Chetet Sadas, this sin, does have some kind of effect on him. It's a sign that he can't say, I have no, that the, the concept of the snake's bite has no relevance to me. It also has relevance to him, even the tzaddik. So he needs tshuva at least for that. And Yeshlema says that that when he doesn't deal with the residual effect of the snake, of Chetet Sadas in him, he could actually, that could be, in other words, the, the fact that everybody has this smidgen of effect from the snake means that that could, if, if, if left unchecked, could, could cause a person even to come down from a lofty level. It's not, in other words, just to you, I'm going to think out loud here. I apologize if I'm wrong. That you know, we live in a, in a in a we live in a world of microbes today, where we're f- familiar with microbes, you know, because of Corona and so on. The fact that there is some kind of a microbe still there could be that you've been fighting it all the time; it's never done anything bad to you. But the fact that it's still there is that could still manifest and pull a person into sickness. So, there's the etyesh There's still that spark there of something, a smidgen that's from the snake, and that's why, you know, even a tzaddik passes away. That could, though, manifest and become something worse. So never, you can never think that the real tshuva is not relevant, could become relevant, has to be available. 
especially when Ayid thinks about the Maimar Chazal, any generation that Beis Amikdash is not created in his days, is not built in his days. It says if he destroyed it, or let's look at it in, in, in a Malyusa, in a positive language, says the Rebbe. But there's a Psaktin that anybody does a mitzvah, he can transform, he can tilt the scales in the entire world and bring, and bring salvation to the world. And especially we know that the Al-Tarebbe, especially we know that the Rebbe quotes here from the Tikkunim, that a tzaddik, if there's one tzaddik does it, that's perfect, 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 Mashiach comes. Now since we find ourselves still in Golas, so even this perfect person sees this, is still in Golas, and it's a very dark Golas in the Ikfaz of the Mashiach, it's a, it's a, it's a chutz, it's a outside that there's no further outside. Talking about the outside of the Pora Duma. says, I'm inside, what do I need this? No, no, no. The world though is outside. And Hashem didn't give us a salvation. And could be that the reason there's such an outside is because of that person's inadequacy. Because as we said, if someone's perfect, so you're not perfect. And the Gula didn't come. And you could have changed the balance of the whole generation. So that in itself should arouse a person to teshuva and in literal teshuva. Say, oh yeah, I'm outside. I want to come back inside in the in the, in the, in the, in the, in the strongest possible manner. So good. Still, whatever argues here, a person would still maybe say in Zion, we still think okay, taka the 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 the, the feeling of teshuva, the tnuva, the, the the direction of teshuva, always has to be there available. I get it, but since nonetheless the person may say he's He's on the right path. So it should be something additional. Okay, it has to be one of the tools in the arsenal. But that doesn't have to be like, you know, central. No. Because, come on, generally speaking, the person says, I don't have any connection to the outside the three camps. You want to say the paraduma, because everybody does have the, the bite of the snake. It's not totally, and that doesn't have to do with my choice or not. Okay, so how, how much importance, how much significance do I have to give to this? Okay, I'll do tshuva. I'll, have, I'll be mindful of tshuva. But to make this into a whole, into a whole uh, cent- central theme of the Aveda, no, that's for those that need it. I'm higher than that. So, says the Rebbe, we tell that person, Parshas Parah is Taros and Shalkol Yisrael. Parsha's part is being read because it's the purity of all Yid. Every Yid needs to come on to the part of the Tara, the purity of part of the More than that, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a central theme to the whole Aved of the Yid. Because every Yid needs to read HaChedesh. Karim Pesach is relevant to every Yid. As it says in Medrash, that the Chuk of Paraduma, this mitzvah Paraduma, is greater even than the Chuk of Pesach because people that eat the Karim Pesach need it. One second, who eats the Korban Pesach? In Aveda, eating the Pesach is Aveda of Tzadikim. <laughs> I guess, uh, let's see what the Rebbe says. That uh, Rebbe quotes from a mimer. Is it possible that it's Aveda of Tzadikim because B'nai Yisrael were before the sin of the eagle? They were taken out of Egypt and they were, they were Tzadikim at that stage. Um, that's the Aveda. So anyway, whatever, that's... The Rebbe says, David Ruchnis, Eichle Pesach, the eating of the Korm Pesach, because David is at Sadikim. And what did the, what did the Medrash say? That you want to eat the Pesach? You need the Chukah of Potter first. Because those that eat the Pesach, that was the Tzadikim, need the Tshuva. Paradum is Tshuva. Korm Pesach is Tzadikim. You need, the Torah is telling you, you need the Aveda of Potter, Aduma, before the Aveda of 
Achodesh, you need teshuva before tzaddikim. Tzaddikim also need to do teshuva. Ah, even a tzaddik, because even a tzaddik, the fact that we can talk about him as being an entity, yesh mishayev, there is somebody there that is loving Hashem. So there is a separateness from Hashem. And don't forget, he still has free choice. Even a tzaddik, who's at the top of the pinnacle, still has free choice to, God forbid, do something that's opposite to Hashem. Which means, the fact that there's that ability and possibility means he's an entity. He's not totally one with Hashem. So this means to say that even in the Avedah of a tzaddik, in his service to Hashem as a tzaddik, there's a little bit of metzias mixed in there. In the highest place, in his highest service, there, there's something of, of, of his identity mixed in. And therefore, the, the, the tzaddik also needs to have the purity of the paradoma to purify himself from this self-feeling through the tshuva coming close, even closer to Hashem. This bitterness of the fact, still a metzias, still a reality, an entity to myself, and not totally one with Hashem, is, is the feeling of teshuva. And through that Aved of Tshuva, in a way that he yearns so much that his Metzias, his entity is, is sublimated in Tashem, then you can eat the Pesach. Then the Aveda could be, what's the Pesach? Eating means you make it part of you. What's Pesach? Pesach means jump. So you can make the jumping closer to Hashem part of who you are. So that's in the very sublime levels of a tzaddik. And even he, because there's still his own entity, before he comes to the Pesach, to the jump, he has to, he has to have the, 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 even the regret of his own entity in the, in, the, in the most sublime of levels, and that helps him. That's his springboard to be able to get to Karm Pesach. So all of the you need the Paraduma. <laughs> Let's talk a little more practical, says Rebbe Ches. We're talking by a tzaddik. How much more so somebody who is a bain, whose Aveda is him? So for sure he needs Tshuva. Because by Vedanim, there can be impulses of Aveda. Hirhure Aveda, impulsive thoughts about Aveda. He doesn't entertain them, but they can jump into his mind. And even though right away he deflects them, but the fact that they come into his mind shows that he hasn't fulfilled his obligation, be it Tzaddik, because a Tzaddik wouldn't even have those. So he has to do, for sure, he has a feeling of remorse and regret and the need to do tshuva, get even closer to Hashem. How much more so? Those are a few levels. Those are lower than the level of Benini. Even though the Benini is for everybody. Everybody should try and be a Benini. Al Rebbe says in Tanya. But we know the, the very heartfelt wish from the time of the Al Rebbe yet. Uh, there's a quote here to Beis Rebbe. I think from, the, well, maybe one generation later. Maybe it's a Bhil Parcha, I don't remember. Who says, We wish we could be a Benini. In other words, Al Rebbe says, Everybody a Benini. We wish we're struggling to be a Bainani. Al-Tarebbe says, everybody can be a Bainani. You've got to struggle to be a Tzaddik. We say, Halavai, I wish I could be a Bainani. So how much more so people that are on that level that are struggling to become a Bainani. So then the tshuva and, and purification has to be from literal sins, definitely from literal sins. In order you should be able to do the service of Hashem uh, as, as should be. By the way, for those that are following the Ha'odas, 63 here, is a window into a fascinating discussion from the Rebbe, from the end of Adar, Tavshin Gimel. So I guess we're talking uh, 79 years ago, exactly. The Rebbe answers, uh, responds to a chassid, who asked him, how can, uh, how can a, a, somebody do teshuva 
How can somebody do Taylor Mitzvahs if he's a Rosha? It seems to be that a Rosha, his Taylor Mitzvahs are not worth anything. So, um, the Rebbe there clearly states, it's a very long discussion there, that, yeah, a person can do Taylor Mitzvahs right away. A person doesn't stay in the state of Russia while he's actively doing Aveira, then he's Russia, and then afterwards he's also in the level of Russia. But he's not truly bound to that state. He can do mitzvahs afterwards and, they, and, and everything's good. But that's why the Rebbe says here in the Sicha that somebody who's at the level under Benini where he's got sins, literal sins, so in order he should be able to do Avedis Hashem properly, yeah, proper Avedis Hashem has to come after Tshuva. So I just I, don't get me wrong here. Every Yid can do Teda Mitzvahs at all times. doesn't matter what he's done before. But in order for it to be really proper, so first he has to have Teshuvah. Remember, Alter Rebbe says Teshuvah just means leave what you're doing and say, I'm going to do better. But you need to have Teshuvah. Anyway, if you have the ability to look at that letter, as you see below in the footnote, it's fascinating. Through the Aved of Teshuvah of Parshas Pada, you come right away to Parshas HaChedesh. Which Parshas HaChedesh is, how do we know we come right away? Because there's, in the four parshas we read before, Purim and Pesach, sometimes there's a break between the two of them. Like this week, coming up this week, uh, uh, I'm saying, Zohar was two weeks ago, last Shabbos, we didn't have any of the four parshas. Now we have Parah, but then right after Parah, Parah is always going to be the Shabbos before HaChedesh. There's no interruption, because Parshas HaChedesh, which is, this month should be yours, the month of Geula, is a direct outcome of Parah. They follow one the other. Because through doing tshuva, miyad heinigolim, right away there's the gula. As it says, in Nisan, Jewish people are going to be redeemed, the cut of mamish. Just to go back to the boil Lamevit, we made a, a comment that sometimes, even if you're not doing as much as you could, this is considered a, a lacking. The Rebbe brings in the footnote to where he's quoting from, this Lashon and Ksubis, but elsewhere the Rebbe says that it's a, a mavil, it says, mavildik, or mavildik, the, the, it's, 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 powerful and even frightening and even uh, this concept the Gemara says there in Ksubis that uh, after during the um, during the time leading up to the destruction of the Besamikdash the Chachamim saw a woman who was searching through the waste of an animal to see if there was maybe some undigested kernels of, of, of barley they looked at her and, and, and they remembered this was the daughter of one of the richest men in Yerushalayim and they asked what happened they remembered her Ksubis how much money was written into her dowry what happened so the Gemara says that a father said that a father gave tzedakah. Everywhere he would walk, there would be new silk laid out, and he would walk on it, and they would collect it and give it to poor. In other words, he would give copious amounts of tzedakah. But Chazal say there, Taki gave a lot of tzedakah, so how could it be that his daughter was in such a sorry state, in need, when he helped the needy? He gave tzedakah, but not what he could have given. As much as he should have and could have, he didn't. And this tells you basically that even when you're doing good, but if you haven't met your mark, it could be that it's really considered, it's not just, okay, no, you didn't get the extra effort. No, 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 it could be you're really considered as not, as, as you see what happened there, the Rebbe says it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a shocking story because what happened there is that she was literally in need and he gave tzedakah, but he didn't give as much to God, which tells us that not living up to your potential is not, is not, a, is not a minor thing. You've got to pay more attention to that. That's what the shock of the story is meant to do to us. Not, God forbid, make us, make us think, okay, there's no, no hope. We can never live up to Hashem's standards. No. Hashem is, is mercy and so on. 
but it's in order to drive us to realize, that, you know, sometimes we shirk. We think, oh, okay, I did. I was pretty good. I'm better than the next guy. I didn't live up to my potential. Big deal. No, no, no. It's a big deal. That's Lacharabe and Chuvan and Geula. Mashiach should come right now.